Welcome, everybody, to Jubilee Street. OTSS, baby. Only the strongest survive. I am Ian McCurtis. Only the strong survive. He's Jake Curtis, that deep baritone voice you just heard. And today we are talking about the <laughs> new FKA Twigs record, mixtape, whatever you want to call it, Capri Songs. <laughs> Strong survive. You sound like Apocalypse. Uh, That's like his speaking of the Apocalypse, uh, we've got Capra songs by FKA Twigs. Now, Ian, why don't you give the listeners a little bit of a background of your uh, experience with FKA Twigs? Little to none. I mean, uh, it's an artist that you have always liked more than me. I listened to both of her records when they came out, probably off the suggestion of you. They didn't really click with me, and that's about it, really. I mean, I've always admired her, uh, just like what she represents in culture, just like as an artist, but I've never really connected to her music. What do you think keeps you from connecting with it? I think it's a little too... When you brought up doing this, I compared her to Kate Bush, a similar thing. It's just a little too... A little too art pop for me, a little too out there, a little too ethereal. Mm. Just not the type of thing I would normally connect to, but maybe that's changing. We'll get into that as we go into the episode. But but what about you? I know you got more of a history. Uh, okay, probably stumbled across her music in 2017 when I found out that One O Tricks Point never had worked with her. Um, and of course, as a big Robert Pattinson stan, um, I knew that they had had a history. Um, so I had heard about her for a while, uh, checked out some of the early material, liked it, didn't love it. Um, and then in 2019, uh, Magdalene came out and um, we hadn't done the Jubies by then. And I don't know if this may, I think we did a, we did do an end of year 2019 music list on my old blog that's now defunct. But um, I don't know if this was on there, but this was definitely a really strong release for 2019. And it really, really made me like her, especially I, I loved the music video for the song Cellophane on Magdalene. Um, I think of her a lot as like a, I don't, I, listeners can, you know, shit on me if I don't know what I'm talking about here, but I think a lot about her music as like chamber music, but I don't even really know what chamber music means. But the music has this very like sort of like like it it would fit very much with like a harmonium or like one of those old like you know Brahms style like piano pieces. Uh, it's got this kind of like timeless quality to it where. It reminds me a lot of what Lingua Ignota does, but if she didn't like metal as much and it was just the like kind of like, you know, more flourished singing parts. And 
what was really cool about going into Capra songs is Capra songs is like FKA Twigs listened to Call Me If You Get Lost by Tower the Creator. And she was like, I want to do my version of that. And this is kind of a nice mix of like what like an art punk musician, singer like her, who's super talented. I think she's like, you know, she does a lot of like dance videos. And I think she's like a very adept at like um, pole dancing and she's very fit. So there's a, there's like sort of this like really interesting, like kind of pop star angle to her. But she has this like kind of cool quality of like, you know, also like seeming like kind of fringe at the same time. But, you know, she's got features from like Future on her songs and, you know, Tears in, Tears in the Club on this record has The Weeknd on it. So um, I was pretty stoked to listen to this. Um, I kind of purposefully waited until the last minute. Um, I probably should have done a little bit more research, but I... As always, my format for listening to music is and always has been, how does it make you feel? What's the message it's trying to convey through that feeling? And then, um, you know, sort of cool factor, you know, does it, does it, how does it make, what's it, what's it go, what's it achieving? So that's kind of a long answer to your question. Um, but let's get started. Um, we're trying something new, Ian. Um, you, you, you had a, you had an idea for this, uh, so I'll let you take the wheel. Yeah, we're just going to go. So this is a mixtape, which I think is kind of a superfluous word at this point. I don't really know what that means, why this isn't an album. But there are a lot of different... In the age of streaming services, it seems it seems re- like unnecessary. But I also think it adds this um, immediate sort of nostalgic quality for anyone who grew up in that age of the mixtape. Well, when I, when I think of mixtapes, I think of unfinished songs or, like, rapping over other people's beats. Yeah. You know, this is all original yeah. music that's very well produced, so I don't know... What you said? What makes it a mixtape, but it doesn't really matter. This, uh... What you said? There's a lot of genre hopping going on here, so we thought it might be more helpful for this one to go track by track. So, we're not going to spend, like, 20 minutes mm-hmm. on every song or anything, but we're going to kind of, just so we don't miss anything go song by song so you know mm-hmm. feel free to listen along that way if you want to stop this after every song and listen to it or however you want to do it mm-hmm. you know experiment with us so let ian and i walk you down jubilee street track by track yeah we'll do like a, this is like a augmented reality third screen experience where we're giving you live commentary um so we've got anthony fantano on the other line yeah, let's go song by song, and then we'll do broad thoughts after that. So the album opens up with, I have notes for the first time. I didn't really do research either, but I did think about these songs at least. So the album opens with Ride mm-hmm. the Dragon. So I listened to this the day it came out and listened to it a lot. I've listened to this so many times because I didn't like that Earl record that much at first, and I was worried you wouldn't either. And I knew you were a big Twigs fan, so I was keeping this on the back burner in case last week you wanted to do it instead. So I've I've sat with mm-hmm. this album for a couple weeks. Ride the Dragon, mm-hmm. not my f- this this mixtape's very up and down for me. Ride the Dragon's kind of whatever for me. I listened to it and I was like, oh, this is like what I think of when I think of FKA Twigs. Didn't immediately catch me. 
What about you? What say mm-hmm, you, mm-hmm. Jake Curtis? Uh, I liked that song. I felt like it was an effective intro. Um, and I think it kind of sets the stage for what we're going to get with, you know, there's there's a couple of skits in this album. There's some just like recorded conversations, um, a lot of like vocal manipulations. So, um, and she's really experimenting with like, you know, pitch shifting her vocals and um, it's a lot glitchier. It's a lot glitchier than anything else she's done. A lot of like sort of like, you know, like I said, a lot of like audio manipulation and likely a lot of stuff like in their DAW that like sort of made everything sound a little bit more clangy and tingly and DAW being twinkly. Uh, DAW being a digital audio workspace. That's just how they recorded on the computer. Oh no! I just I I saw blue come in. So when I see my dog, I go oh, DAW. Sorry. Uh, so it's yeah, just, you no. I, that's what I was saying. Digital audio. You immediately notice the. I, I think it's like a hyper pop influence. So the like Charlie XCX and Hundred mm-hmm. Gex and that sure influence. Sure, that's a great reference. So yeah, do you, um, you want to move on? I, I don't think the first song has too much uh, going on, and then. I I, I think that it's uh there's an interesting thing going on in music right now, which I feel like she captured in that I feel like it started with Tyler, the creator last year. And I feel like we're going to see a lot more of the, like, like there, this is the most low fi her music's Mm -hmm. felt because there's a lot of like hissing and like, you know, background noise to a lot of these songs and that's my shit. So I love stuff like that. And I think that that, you know, Ride the Dragon is effective in that it's just setting the tone for what's going to come after it, which I think the next track I'll let you introduce was pretty unexpected and awesome. Yeah, I appreciate that because, uh, so Mike Dean mixed and mastered most of this record, and, you know, he's known for doing Mm -hmm. a lot of Southern hip-hop and then transitioning into being Kanye's guy, who is, like, Mm -hmm. the opposite of lo-fi. So I appreciate that he... Kept Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. he kept her vision and he didn't Mike Dean it up too much. Mm-hmm. I, I guess I do mm-hmm. want to talk. I think a, a theme throughout this album, and hopefully I don't get into weird territory with you, you Jake, or it's something we're comfortable talking about because we're not women, obviously. But I think there's a vibe in like art circles and art music and just more ambitious projects where sexiness and sexuality is kind of frowned upon. And obviously, we don't feel this in the same way, but even in the punk world, when we were coming up, that's like, you're kind of looked down upon it if if you write songs about sex. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just not, it's not taken seriously. Like, I think about, I know No Effects is a funny band, but they have serious songs, and they have some great songs mm-hmm. about, like, uh, fetish culture and just like being true to who you are or gender identity or all these like kind of sexual things we don't talk about and they aren't taken seriously because Mm -hmm. you're not supposed to write punk songs about this. And I think this kind of like Mm -hmm. art pop chamber pop world, especially if you're a woman feels the same way. And I think this whole album uh, twigs is kind of opening herself up to being sexual and being like, I can be an artist and also sexual. So this song is like, yes, I'm a strong figure, 
but if you want to kiss me, like, do it. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm a badass, but, like, I still want to be sexy, you know? Would you still be a freak even when we turn 50 is one of the lines from that song. And uh, it's from the rapper who's featured on there, Pa, pa, pa Salu, I'm going to say. Or Salu. Well, I was still Salu. talking about Ride the Dragon, but, um, yeah, uh, we can go into the next song, Honda, which I think continues. Oh, I, I thought you had moved to the next that. song. Oh, it's fine. I mean, I think this is something, this is a through line throughout the whole record. Um, but, yeah, Honda, second song. I've never heard Twigs rap before, so I was like, fuck yeah, she's so good at it. Mm-hmm. That was my first like mm-hmm. main, I was like, holy shit, like, she should be rapping all the time. Yeah, she's really, really good on this track. And um, she, I think it was really cool for her to do this because, and I have more thoughts on this at the end of the record, but... Um, this just sounds like a lot of fun. I think her last project was pretty emotional and a lot more ethereal and beautiful. And this one is embracing a lot of like more contemporary rhythmic structures. And Honda, it's not the first time that she did this. Like she's done tracks in the past, like that are less what her style was established as at the time. And to great effect. And I think that this song is like a nice, like ride the dragons, the intro track, it sets the tone, but I think this really kind of like shows the listeners that you're going to get a completely different experience with this album. And it's got that kind of, so the way I saw this album is a lot of people right now are making this like futurist sounding music, like the weekend record we talked about. Mm -hmm. People are trying to imagine like, this is what pop music of the future is going to sound like. And a lot of that mm-hmm. stuff mm-hmm. feels very 80s influence, very like vaporwave, very neon. It's basically like, let's take 80s pop and make it sound futuristic. What I think Twigs yeah. does that's really cool on this record is it sounds futuristic, but it sounds, instead of 80s pop being the baseline, it's like 90s R&B, mm-hmm. like Aaliyah and Blackstreet and yeah. D'Angelo and... It's like, let's take 90s R&B mm-hmm. and imagine a futuristic version. It's it's also kind of got that girl power aesthetic of like the breeders and whole, I think, in some of it. So this song and, and Jealousy both have this kind of, I think you'd call it like Afro, Afrobeat, Afrofuturistic kind of rhythm. And I really like, I really like it a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Honda was a really cool track to, you know, sort of start the album off with, so to speak. Um, yeah, it just makes me feel like I'm, I'm riding down a highway at a hundred miles an hour smoking weed. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's got a nice, and I think that's kind of what they're going for is like a very like loose, um, you know, fun, frisky kind of like, you know, just riding down the highway, you've got your your hand on your, you know, boy's thigh, and you're like just you know smoking a joint and feeling each other, and it's 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 it just it's got a nice feeling to it. It's it's a really fun release for what for a lot of people is the winter time, and you know they're dealing with like you True. know being inside even more because it's so cold and whatnot. So this is a nice warm 
track to put on. I love the third verse when there's just something to me about a guy and a girl rapping and then finishing each other's lines. Like that's always gonna work for me. Yeah. The third verse, then like it's really going cool. back and forth. I mean, that's just like mm-hmm. candy to my mm-hmm. ears always. You want to move on to the next song? Meta Angel, track three. So this was another one that sounded more like what I know Twigs to sound like. Um, mm-hmm. But I do love the title. I don't exactly know what it means, but you know we, we always talk about meta TV shows now, metaphysics, like every everything's meta. The idea of a meta angel, like a self-referential angel or whatever that might mean, I thought that was a really cool title. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it always makes me want to say, Abed, is this you being meta? <laughs> I, I love the spoken word um, intro when uh, she's like, I want to be more confident. I really do. And then they're all like making fun I of really her. Do. I really they do. I really do. I really do. That, that just, yeah, like, I love that part. That makes you laugh always. It reminds me of the, it's just because of the accent, but that one part in Harry Potter where Hermione's like, it's Leviosa, not Leviosa. And that's our experience with uh, British people. Everything reminds us of Harry Potter. But it's Harry true. Potter. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> um, so I think this song or, is uh, about the internet. Is that what? Is that what you got? Like... Yeah, yeah. I mostly in my I in my notes for that song, I I put it's pretty and it's euphoric and it feels familiar to her old style, but um, you know, it seems to be moving in a new direction. Uh, what about you? So I thought the, the when she says, I, "I wish I had help from a meta angel" or whatever she says, that mm-hmm. it was about the internet. And then, you know, there's this thing about ego death, but still wanting things, mm-hmm. you know, still having desire. And then the line that really sets it off is, that makes it sound so easy, a pretty picture with a quote. And then, mm-hmm. I think later in the song, she mentions Twitter, like in a background vocal. But yeah, so I, th- I think the kind of idea of this song is, Wishing you had someone telling you what to do, but then we have social. Then social media comes, and it is kind of like telling you what to do and what will make you happy, and it doesn't work out. So maybe it's not a good thing to wish for someone to tell us what to do. It's frustrating because she's not only asking for like sort of a savior and 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 evoking like an angel, but a meta angel is somebody that would be like self-aware of the zeitgeist and like the reality around them. Like they know they're being an angel. But they're also an angel. Yeah, like they know they're being being an angel. So it almost feels like, yeah, it almost feels selfish to ask for that kind of help in a way. Um, But, you know, I think when it, there's there's a line later where it says, throw in the fire, ego in the fire. I've got a love for desire and I've got a pain for desire. So it's like, I think, being meta is often being like aware of yourself. And I think that this song is sort of like, you know, like you said, a pretty picture with a quote that makes it sound so easy. It's like, you know, when you see those like gaudy, like text pillows that you can buy at like TJ Maxx that say like, you know, wine for the weekend or 
um, TGIF or, you know, in this house we drink wine. Like, you know, there's also like pictures in these houses where, you know, they the person might look really happy, but they're actually like they're going through a hard time, you know? Yeah, well said. I, I agree. So track four, Tears in the Club. Mm-hmm. Here's the banger, Jake Curtis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this song is just like pure lust and sexual energy and uh, absolutely perfect for The weekend to feature on. Um, ear, total earworm. I am like humming this song to myself all day. Uh, this is not my favorite track on the record, but it's definitely one of the best ones. Yeah, it would probably be like number three for me. This is definitely like the hit, though, which you can already tell. There's, yeah, I mean, she's pumping out music videos. There's three or four, but this is the one that's like a well produced, big budget music video mm-hmm. with her in the weekend. Well, yeah. So I wanted to bring something up from another episode we did about the new weekend record and how we both enjoyed it. I think I enjoyed it a little bit more than you, but, um, how we had a sentiment that we felt like there was like sort of a lack of um, genuineness to the to the weekend's music, and how it often feels like kind of numb. And to me, this is like this is pretty similar to a weekend song, but there's like this quality that there's like this more human quality to it with FKA Twigs being like the main sort of showrunner, so to speak, for this song, you know? Like, and I think even The weekend benefits from working with her. What do you think? Yeah, I, I think, you know, even the other two records that I didn't vibe with as much, Twigs just bleeds, like, meaning, and there's just something about her that's, like, deep and inherently artistic. She just has personality. She's, in, she's interesting, you know? Executive produced by L. what's his name, El Guincho? who works mm-hmm. with Rosalia, who mm-hmm. her music in Spanish, Rosalia. Rosalia. So, like, I don't know exactly mm-hmm. what the songs are about, but if you listen to her music, it's still, like, you can tell it's full of meaning and mm-hmm. same kind of vibe mm-hmm. as Twigs. Yeah, there's... Th- this is this is a special thing about her where I feel like she can make a more radio-friendly hit like this and it's, you know, effective and, you know... Um, you know, uh, impactful on a large scale. This is this is a great song. It's I, I don't have much to dissect lyrically. I think, you know, there's a song by a rapper that I've been pretty into recently, Z Loopers, that's called Crying in the Club. And I think that there's just a, like, a really, if you've ever been fucked up at a club and, you know, you're, you might've seen like your crush, like go dance with somebody else or leave with somebody else. And you know, you're three beers deep and you got high outside and you you come back in and they're gone. There's a very distinct quality where it's just like, well, fuck it. I'm just going to go sweat it out on the dance floor and then hang out with my friends and just kind of move on. But uh, yeah, I don't have, I, there's not much more for me to add lyrically. I, I like, I like her verse. I don't think that they're lyrically special though. I think it's just a good song. So another like comparison I wanted to make with The weekend is... Uh, anyone listening, you should play this song and then play a weekend song right next to it and think about the mm-hmm. differences in the mixing. Like, this is a pop song. This is as poppy as a weekend song. 
but the mix sounds nothing like a weekend song. This still maintains a little like I don't know if it's lo-fi or what it is. It just it's a pop song that doesn't feel as commercial as the weekend, and that's by design, I'm sure. It's also it has a lot to do with how they I don't I'm sure you noticed it but they they modulate his voice mm-hmm, differently yeah. like his voice sounds different. Um he's not doing his like sort of more flowery falsetto like upper range. He's kind of doing like more of like a a rap persona. And dude, this I don't know if you saw the music video Jake, but mm-hmm. I guess this I haven't seen this it. speaks for all of Twig's music videos. I just think she is like the most attractive person alive. And oh yeah, definitely. The music video. I I didn't want to. Music video had me fucked up. Outright say that, but yeah. Oh, I don't. I don't mean to sound uh, like a creep. Anyway, she's just. Do you know when I think of what embodies sexiness, it is FKA Twigs. Yeah, she's really hot. I don't think anybody disagrees with you there. She's one of the most attractive women out there, people. And I just like. I like the way so she does these music videos that like have that sexy quality of like '90s rap mu- music videos, but they're still. She manages to do both at the same time. She manages to have yeah. the art Kate Bush thing going on and the like Beyonce thing. It's really amazing how she can like live in both worlds. Really well, really, really well done. I agree with you. So it's not easy to pull off. No, like you can't think of many people that that kind of inhabit both of those qualities like her. So mm-hmm. next we have Oh My Love track 5. The one Jake was sin- singing right before uh we started recording. Baby boy, what's up? This is the best song on this album. The song is incredible. This I think I agree with you, Jake. Um I mean, there's so many incredible parts, uh, but my favorite part is just a little... The gang vocals at the end. A little part in the, I don't know if you call it the pre-chorus, the part where she's like, pushing mm-hmm. me, pushing me, pulling me, pulling me. Mm-hmm. The way that those chords hit is so beautiful. It's just like the most emotional moment on the album for me, that like 10 seconds. I could play that on a loop forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, 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 I can't say anything better than what you're saying right now. I, I think this is a, a perfect song. It's so catchy. Uh, I, I think that it owns in on the theme of the record, which is that uh, most men are little boys who can't handle like real relationships, and she wants a real relationship, but she just keeps meeting these like pretty, like pretty boys who, you know, it's fun for a while, but then when anything gets serious, it's like, well, we're just going to the barbecue as friends. So, you know, don't be weird about it. You know, we're just fucking, but then, you know, it's a very relatable situation that most people have probably been in when you're dating somebody and, you know, you're serious, you're mature and you might meet somebody who's great for you in every single way, except for the fact that they don't want to commit. And this energy is like, you know, why are you playing baby boy? What's up? Everybody knows that I want your love. Why are you playing? Like, it's like, why are you throwing away this opportunity to have this like great, like I'm like, it's very like, it's got this nice rap kind of braggadocious quality to it where it's like, I am great. I'm right here. I'm like, I'm right here for you. 
like with you and you're not paying any attention to me. And it's just like, like I, I would, I don't know if there's a music video for this one, but it just reminds me of like singing into a mirror, like trying to like gas yourself up and like, you know, it just, I just think it would be really cool to see her like do an interest, like a music video where it's like, it'd be hard to do, but it's like you put her behind a mirror and then there's a guy on the other side who's just like not paying any attention to her and how like frustrating that can be. Even for someone as attractive as her, like there's bound to be people who have mistreated her or not paid enough attention to her. And um, so, yeah, I, I love the song. I, 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 it's hard to, it's hard to capture what's so special about it. I think it, it, it leaves me speechless sometimes because it's like, I hear it and it just, I, I kind of wish like there was more of that, but I also think that's one of the most like depressingly beautiful things about music is that you capture this, you just, it's like Kid A with Radiohead. It's like Revolver with the Beatles. Like you capture this lightning in a bottle and she made this incredible song that's just like kind of just placed on the record. Like track five, like how many bands like track five is their best song, you know? At the drive-in, maybe, Relationship of Command, Invalid Litter Department, but you know what I mean? Yeah, it's a perfectly written song. Um, the way the choruses are so, or the verses are so beautiful, and then the chorus is such a, like, banger. Like, everybody knows that I want your love. Like, the way she can do both in the same song. You know, I think this Come hits on, baby boy, you the highest notes up. of, like, a great Frank Ocean song, like... For, I know it's only yeah, the end of January, but this is it. the song of the year so far for me. Yeah, it's got it's got that Frank Ocean lost energy to it. Girl, you know you lost. Bum, bum, bum. You know, it's like you just want to like sing along to it, and yeah, this is gonna be if if uh, if if like COVID weren't still like rampaging, this is gonna be a big summer song. I I, I feel like this song will like. I think this this mixtape will get a lot of playtime in the summer again when clubs are like if they're doing like outdoor venues or you know I don't know I I think that this mixtape has the potential to put her in an even higher stratosphere of fame so that she can explore these sounds more in like more in depth and experiment with them and this that's what that's why all this stuff is so good and that's why I'm glad she went with the mixtape thing is like you get these very impactful experiences that I think we wouldn't have gotten if she was doing another kind of concept record. This, this is conceptual, but it's also, it's got like this loose quality. So yeah. Oh my love. Definitely. If there's one song we can recommend to you on this record to check out, that's the one. Yeah. Track six, Papelmoose. I don't got much to say about this one. Pamplemousse. This is one of the like weaker songs to me. I did want to ask what your favorite flavor of LaCroix is. Key key lime, key lime, key lime, man. I'm sorry, Jake. Mm-hmm. Bad answer. Key lime and tangerine. Those are the ones I drank all the time when I used to buy Lacroix. Wow, I like uh, tangerine's really good. My favorite is the Cran Raz, and then yeah, what's the cu- don't like that one at all. What's the cucumber one? Is it like blackberry cu- cucumber? That one's excellent. That that one's really good. Yeah. Um, also, I agree. Uh, I like the outro um, where it's that uh, it's kind of got that sort of meta, like meta angel quality where um, 
Why Don't You Love Me is an unreleased collaboration between FKA Twigs and Dua Lipa. And there's like this sample of somebody asking her to release it, you know, um, saying that people have been starving for like music from her and Dua Lipa, you know. So it's got a nice kind of like, again, effective rap, rap braggadocious quality of like, you know, sort of gassing yourself up on your own record like that you're, you know, you're valued, people want to hear what you have to say, that kind of stuff. It's not labeled as an interlude, but it feels like it is. Yeah, it definitely, I think, it functions well with the next song, which is the Capra Songs interlude. I like how in the outro the guy calls her Twigs, which I'm assuming is what people just call her Twigs. Why, why is she FKA Twigs, do you know? There's a story for that, and I can't remember what it is, but... Uh, yeah, there is something uh, to that. I don't. I don't remember exactly what the story is, though. Because I feel like functionally she's just twigs. That's what I always hear people refer to her as, and even in the song, the guy is calling her that. Yeah, I mean, I think it's like uh, you know, with like you know, um, Andre three thousand people might say Dre, and yeah. you know, um, yeah. that kind of thing. You know, it's just Drizzy. you know people. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Drizzy, um, you know, it's just like, I think it's also though it's kind of her like embracing this new persona. That's 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 a lot of the feeling I get on this record. So then next, there's the Capra songs interlude. It's just like, I don't know, thirty seconds mm-hmm. of ethereal music with her saying the album title. Not not much to say really, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and then light boom, light beamers is track eight. So this is kind of a weak part of the mixtape for me because I don't... This song didn't really hit me either. Yeah, the... Uh, the the For the most part, uh, the next, like, five tracks, I think, kind of uh, dip for me. Maybe the next, like, four tracks. Um, this one was... I, I wrote, you know, just... It was some interesting, like, glitch-pitched auto-tune... A lot more similar to her old style. Um, I think this is this is there's an artist that this reminds me of, but I couldn't put my finger my I couldn't put my finger on it. Um, but it has this. It's is this the kind of dance hall one? Feels kind of dance holly. I thought this song sounded like Charlie XCX. I mean, there's multiple points on this album where I yeah, thought- that kind of thing, that kind of thing, yeah. Charlie the, uh, XCX is kind of difficult. Oh, I'm thinking of Poppy Bones, the ones that, the one after this one. Hmm. The uh, so some of it's pitch shifted, but I think some of it's just like how she's singing. That like falsetto rapping she's oh, yeah. doing in this song is really cool. It's impressive uh-huh. that she's it is rapping really cool. with her voice that high. Well, for anyone who wants a nice little deep, no, it's not even a deep cut, but. She put a single out within the last couple of years called Some Bout You with uh, 645 AR. And he's known as this rapper who raps in a, like a falsetto, like baby voice. Mm. And it is an incredible song. And I think that, I don't know if they were dating or not, but they were hanging out a lot prior to this record being recorded and i think that he definitely had an impact on her style because that falsetto rapping is so cool to me and you know leading up to this record i wanted to give that playboy cardi album whole lot of red another chance because it kind of flopped for me and i listened to it again still didn't really love it but 
I do really appreciate some of his like you know baby like pitched up like baby voice stuff that he does like it it, it that shit just really works for me personally. So track nine, Poppy Bones. Here we got a dance hall track. Shy girl, or maybe reggae. What I don't ever know what the difference is. I think you'd probably call it dance hall. Yeah, you're right. I got them mixed up. This is the one I was thinking of. Um, so you know me, I love my ska and I love all that stuff. So this song was right up my alley. Mm-hmm. We started off right after the intro. Mm-hmm. Is it in the first verse? Second verse? Eyes Wide Shut reference, Jake Curtis. I ask you, what's the best Stanley Kubrick movie? Wait, where do you see that reference? In the first verse? In the second verse. I think it might be the Shy Girl verse, and she says, Eyes Wide Shut. Oh, Eyes Wide Shut, we can rock till the morning. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if that's the best Stanley Kubrick movie. No, I'm, I asked it's really, you what is it's the one of my best favorites. Stanley Kubrick movie. Oh, um, that's my favorite one. But uh, I think Full Metal Jacket would be a close second. Uh, and then The Shining. What about you? Uh, I haven't seen that many, I'm, but The Shining all day of what I've seen. We should make it a project to both watch Dr. Strangelove this year because I think that would that could potentially be one of our both our it's favorite movies of all time. So be yeah, easy to do. We'll have to we'll, maybe we'll do a an off brand Jubilee Street episode about that. But yeah. Um No, this is great. So this song, uh I was just reading about the origins oh go ahead, sorry. Oh I was just gonna say I think this is the best song about fucking that I've heard in a while. Yeah, it's a very sexy song. It's very sexy. This song's just about having sex, and it's explicit about it, and it feels like having sex. This is just perfect. It, mm-hmm. it perfectly hits the goal of what it's trying to do. I love this song. I really like the lines at the end, the champagne bubble up, my champagne bubble girl. Uh, we, bu- we bump and grind and twirl. I, 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 I kept like hearing that line in my head after I heard the song. I, I thought that was really impactful and just catchy uh i'm not too familiar with shy girl i know she's pretty famous and i'm guessing she's also british and their mm-hmm. voice there's a lot of british features on their here. voices are similar so them going back and forth is a really neat you know it almost sounds like she's going back and forth with herself it's a cool effect yeah it's one of those cool things that outcast was able to do in the beginning where you could mm-hmm. they just their voices just loot like weaved in and out of each other it was really neat or so, even how we, we yeah that was about a cool all the effect. time with warren ellison at cave now like they're able to match yeah, each other. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that that's a really that's a good reference too. Um, next song, uh, Dystopia. Next song's Which Way? Oh, featuring Dystopia. My bad. Another like social media reference right off the bat. Well, the, the whole like through line of this song is the devil, and there's that saying that's like idle hands are the devil's play things is that what it is but uh-huh. twig says idle thumbs which i think is like mm-hmm. if you're not on your phone if you're not on the internet you don't exist i think that's kind of what she's trying to say mm-hmm. that was how i read it at least well there's this line uh when i was walking through the london city lights i met the devil and he smiled at me and said you're going the wrong way if you never know yourself you never know never find your thumbs are idle and they're all mine Any 
And this is the song you mentioned that mentions Twitter. Yeah. This one, uh, I think, is kind of clearly, like, um, outlining, like, I, it made me think a lot about how even I'll do this thing where I'll take my dog out, usually at night, but in the morning sometimes. I try to keep my phone away, and if I do go outside, if I do have it with me, I just listen to podcasts or music while I'm walking her. But... Um, there are times where I'll not remember crossing a street and I'll just be reading on my phone about like, you know, some magic card I'm trying to learn about or some deck I'm building or just reading an article, um, reading a, like some comics or something. And this just made me think about how like I have like, even though I feel like I could be more productive, I have like no idle time. Like I'm always holding something and I'm always looking at something. Yeah, that's kind of what it is to exist right now is very little downtime. Like, you know, if I'm going to the bathroom, I try not to take my phone with me. Like, I try to just have moments in my day where I'm just, like, alone with my thoughts. But everything in life right yeah. now is kind of centered to not be alone with your thoughts. 100%. Um, I also thought there was an interesting lyric on here. So... This Twigs album really made me question how we view women in music and how I think pop music is often discarded as like not valuable and it also happens to be a genre that's dominated by a lot of women and how a lot of people shit on pop music because it's like, it seems just like radio-friendly music, but it's just as difficult to write a good pop song as it is to write any other type of song that might be considered like more artistic and stuff like that. And there's this line, uh, there's the whole, I want to be a rock star's girlfriend, but yeah, the difference between rock star's girlfriend, me and all those tweets is that you're not like those. I'm the rock star, not my boyfriend. I'm not the rock star's girlfriend. I am the rock star girlfriend. Do you get what I mean? I'm not the accessory to the rock star. I'm the rock star. And how, like, I think there's a, a narrative changing, again, going back to that meta angel where it's like she's embracing this new persona of, you know, sexually growing into herself, being more confident, having a sense of humor, and having fun. And I think nothing about Magdalene was not fun. Like, it's a, it's, I mean, it's not necessarily that it's a fun record, it's a great, album and it ha it's very emotional but I think that this song really kind of hones in on the fact that like we're wasting a lot of time looking down when we could be looking up and seeing so much more yeah I think I mean hopefully this is all changing and I think things are constantly slowly getting better maybe too slow I mean definitely too slow but I certainly think I think about when we were kids and for a woman to have success as an artist you either kind of had to be a sex object or you had to mm -hmm. go the other way and be like Bjork and be like so uh, kind of weird that you almost lost your womanhood. Like, I mean, I think Bjork was doing that all by choice, but like, yeah, you know, you, you couldn't have both. You couldn't be really out there and weird and artsy and also sexy. And I think Lady Gaga, I mean, you know, Say what you want to about Lady Gaga, but I think she kind of opened that door. Yeah, um, 
It's funny that you bring up Bjork because that's another person that I think of with this music. Um, do you want to move on to the next track? Yeah, Jealousy, another fucking banger. This might be my song. favorite song. Mm-hmm. I think. So this is the this is another Afrobeat track, and this is a collaboration with the Nigerian artist Rima or Rima. R E M A. Yeah, and their voices together, it's just magic to me. Yeah, it's really it's really, really uh cool stuff. Um, and then just that opening, like that'll cure your seasonal affective disorders. I just wanna go mm-hmm, on the side. Mm-hmm. Like it just makes you feel good instantly. Yeah. I think that for two guys that I think put a lot of emphasis on music that was so depressing for a long part of our life. It's. I feel like we're both sort of moving into this era where we're listening to music and music is being made more than ever that's, like, not as depressing. Like, I feel like we grew up in this era where we were getting so much shit like the microphones and, you know, even, you know, the post-hardcore shit was all, like, life or death kind of shit. And now it's, like, I think music has changed completely by COVID because a lot of the albums that have come out this year thus far are all pretty like great feeling records. Like there's nothing that feels too somber or morose. You know, I I think 2021 had some, you know, kind of downer music that fit the mood. And, but I I think people are tired of being depressed. I think out of the hole. Yeah. 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 This feels very transformative in its energy. I really enjoyed it. I've, I think I'm, I always am going to gravitate towards sad music more because it's just easier to make a good piece of art that's sad. It's harder to write happy music that also achieves a high level of art. I don't know why that is, but it's just hard. It's very hard to write happy things that are still like pure artistic expressions. That's why pop music's so do you hard. Think that, do you think that that's like, do you think that's something about you or do you think that's something about, like, do you think that that, human expression is flawed in the way that we can, we like humans seem less able to focus on writing impactful music. That's happy. I mean, like we there, can write there is a narrative. If you listen to the radio, the there's process. tons of music that's happy. I just don't think most of it's very good. I think it's really hard to write good, happy music. But do you think that that is your personal like lens that you're seeing it like that? Because there's got to be, there is someone out there hearing it that thinks that it is great, you know? I feel like it's universal, but maybe it is just me. I don't know. I, I'm, 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 not, I'm not putting that on you. It's just, it's just, I wonder about my own personal, like, lens. You know, like, I feel like we all have this, like, lens that we see the world through and, like... I I try I feel like this record really put into perspective for me like that there are other ways to see things that I might not ex- like be experiencing them as. You know what I mean? I've always felt like if if I had some really traumatic experience that's going to scar me and it's really hard, but for me to turn that into like a great piece of art, it's all there. Like I don't have to do much. Yeah. But if me and yeah, you yeah, just yeah. have a really good day and we go to an amusement park, for me to write a great song uh-huh. about that, I have to do a lot more work. Right, because there's something about pain that 
my yeah. Well, I don't know. That's that's like that's probably that's probably a conversation for a whole other podcast about like that sort of like tortured tortured artist um, mentality that I think tends to plague a lot of people. Um, for better or for worse, you know. This song was kind of like fucked up in terms of the album because a lot of these songs in the album are about a significant other not wanting to commit. Uh huh. And then this song, like, even though they don't want to commit, they're still jealous as fuck. Yeah it it says here. Um, oh wait, never mind. I'm I'm reading for another song coming up. Yeah, it's funny that you say that. Well, that's the thing about being in a long term relationship is you still feel that pang and that urge when you see you know other men or women that are attractive and you're like, oh, I'd love to fuck them or I'd love to go out on a date with them or like kiss them. And then it's like, jealousy is a complex thing because it, it, it almost, I don't know about you, but there have been times where I've been in a relationship where I've like flirted with women and it feels, it feels really good. Like you feel like you're being looked at. You feel like someone's like putting that extra attention towards you and you're like, oh shit, like, you know, that feels great. I think I think that's why this song is so sunny because it has this like just like sauciness to it. It just feels like like decadent in a way. And then uh Yeah, and then just like the chorus, that like rhythm, the that Afrobeat kind of rhythm adds to that just like feeling mm-hmm. good. I love the line you're in your feelings way too deep. I feel like that's me all the time. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a good point. Um, I think everybody that that's another like, I like I like carrying this back to the Meta Angel, but it definitely seems like it was important that Meta Angel was one of the first tracks because that definitely feels like a direct kind of sentiment that's coming from like, you know, you're feeling too much here, like you're thinking about it too much, like be in the moment, enjoy this, you know, enjoy the jealousy, enjoy like enjoy these experiences instead of feeling shame or pain about them you know and i think that's it i think that's how you turn Mm. a sunshine like beautiful day at the park with your friend or your lover that's how you turn it into a great song is that you're like this is this could be something else but it's it's beautiful you know this could be that like that's that's the sentiment i think that is trying to get across they're trying to get across on this record maybe one thousand percent Let's move on next. Uh, we've got... Okay, so we're on track 12. We've got, I think, six more songs, including this one. Yeah, but like two uh, of them six are more tracks. interludes. Uh, yeah, this back half it, will go careless. really fast. Uh, yeah. Featuring Daniel Caesar. What are, your, what are your thoughts about this one? That, uh, that like, through line, the... That, like, modulated vocal. Mm-hmm. That's my other thing on the album I could loop over and over again. I think it's so beautiful. How how do you think... Do you know how to do an effect like that, Jake? And why don't you put that in all your songs? <laughs> uh, yeah, I could probably do something like that. Um, I love it. And I love that the, they kept the breath, the, like, the inhales, even though it sounds so non-human. They kept the taking mm-hmm. the breaths sound. And that mm-hmm. like cherry on the top for me. Again, another another situation where when you're making 
like manipulated, you know, controlled music like this in a DAW, you know, leaving in those breaths is almost more impactful because you're catching all of the human like imperfections on the microphone. Yeah, especially if you're um, going to be adding a shit ton of effects. I really, really liked Daniel Caesar's feature on this. Me Thought too. he was amazing. Yeah, I'm not too familiar with this guy. There's some like R&B playlists on Spotify that I listen to, and I know he has songs on there a lot, but I, I'm not really mm-hmm. too familiar. He's Canadian. Um, he had a record that came out a couple of years ago, maybe like within the last four or five years. That made a lot of track, like made a lot of waves, but um, I haven't heard much from him. So, kind of hoping maybe this means he's got a record on the horizon, so we can check him out for the podcast. Because, um, I thought this was just a really good song. It's it's really great, and I said Poppy Bones was the best song about sex in a while. This is the best song about uh-huh. rough sex in a while. Yeah, scream it all out. It's the pain that gets me there. Got a safe word. It's okay. You don't need that now, do you? Yeah, that's right. It's only fair. I'll follow my fearless leader. Be my guide. Yeah, be my teacher. Don't know where you're going. Well, I don't either. Uh, I could help you solve them. Is that of any interest to you? I'm just like, oh my God, like such like a horny like anthem, like just really, really good stuff. And And they just say um, you can be careless with me like a thousand times. Yeah, this song is just like... Let's do yeah. fucking weird, crazy shit to each other. Yeah. Um, there's there's some stuff in my like personal like sexual life that I can't disclose because, you know, my partners are a part of that. But I can definitely say there have been times where I've really embraced that kind of like carelessness, and it makes this it can make the situation like very exciting and different and you know feels really good yeah well so there's like two levels this song works on one is just like this is a great fucking song about like having hardcore sex and then the other level is like yeah i think a lot of this album deals with men not uh letting themselves be vulnerable and to have Mm -hmm. sex like this you have to have a certain amount of vulnerability yeah Definitely. So, you know, there's it works on two levels. Like, I'm assuming everything Twigs does. So we got... Speaking of that... Minds of Men next, which... Minds of Men. Uh, speak on it, Jake. This song didn't connect with me too much. I, I think the lyrics are great. You know, this whole, like, thing about... Sort of embracing a feminine side or letting down your walls, like I just said. But I, I don't care too much for the song. Yeah, uh, this was another kind of clinker for me, um, or clunker. Uh, Not bad, but also not great. Um, And I think it kind of focuses more on that through line message and kind of keeps the momentum about sort of like, you know, the energy that men can have can sometimes be like boyish and childish and, you know, not like what a man should be. And I feel like this record made me think a lot about like where men fall flat in relationships and in sex and like sexuality. Um, You know, and I think that there are lines that directly relate to that. Great minds of men will fall down without nature's peace or a woman's profound love. 
and death is compound, intertwined, be wisdom bound. Um, Waves with my body, bathe in my sea, easy, come on in slow, crown you with my love, lay down the weak. Um, I'm yours tonight, the human body, sacred is the body, baby. And um, the line that I remember the most from this is when he's inside, a man's a boy, he's all alone. You will know when he's inside, give him your love and don't deny. And I just, I feel like the song could have been better because those lines are so impactful because it's a weird thing to say, but there's sometimes where you'll be having sex and then you finally um, climax. And I feel sometimes this like, this like rage and sadness at the end because I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but sometimes it doesn't feel that as good as, as it does like if you pleasure yourself. And, um, you know, it's, it can be frustrating and having sex also like it's, it's, it's confounding to think about like, if you, if your personhood changes to this boyish quality when you're, you know, having sex with someone. So I, I don't know. There's a lot of, there was a lot of good lines in this song, but it wasn't an incredibly impactful song, but you know, I think this is one that definitely hones in on like the toxic masculinity and, uh, you know, how a lot of men are still like boys, like our culture and many other cultures, like, you know, baby men and like take care of them too much so that, you know, you've got all these guys who just, who, I mean, I've met people like this who like, they're in, like, they're married. They're in these like marriage relationships where like, they're just taken care of at every step. You know, they come home, their wife cleans everything, makes them dinner. Like I knew this guy once who was like baffled that I cooked. You know, like he he couldn't understand that I also Not cooked and like job. made food for my girlfriend. Right, right. I mean, yeah, I think I I read it a little differently than you. I think the idea is like she's like when a man's inside, he's a boy, and like love him in those moments. I think the idea is like, uh huh. Oh, I like that. Yeah, want, sure. We say we don't want men to be like toxic, but then there's also a lot of women that when a man is vulnerable, we kind of they'll kind of make fun of him and be like he's not being manly. So it's like, yeah, we want men to be more vulnerable and have more of a feminine side, and when they do that, encourage it. Well, and it's like women are also taught in a patriarchal society that men are supposed to be toxic and masculine, and you know. A mixture of that, you know, and you are supposed yeah. to be subservient. It's just fucked up with gender roles. Yeah, so I, I like your interpretation a lot. Um, all right, we are nearing the home stretch here. So we've got, uh, unless you had anything to add on that one, I'm down to move on. No, we have Track Girl next, and this this is it. This is where Jubilee Street all coalesces together. The weekend mm-hmm. is on this album. We bring up Kanye constantly, and Mike Dean makes this song. And Warren mm-hmm. Ellis wrote this interlude, and it provided, we can only assume, much of the music and the effects. It's all coming together. Everything oh. we talk about. This is Very the, cool. We are close to Kanye and Nick Cave working together on this song. We have both, yeah, of, their right, yeah. their, both of their right-hand men are together, Mike Dean and Warren Ellis. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
So yeah, this is just another cool spoken word interlude. I, I really like these interludes. I think they're really neat and entertaining. Mm-hmm. The only thing I really have to say is there's a part where, about halfway through, where it gets really glitchy, and then a piano comes in, and... Yes, I love that. You're like, oh, this is so Warren Ellis. Like, this sounds like Carnage. Mm-hmm. It's really cool. Yeah, it made me think, like, oh, my God, like, could we just get Twigs, Warren, and Mike Dean in a room together and just see what happens, you know? Yeah, I would love, like, the movie soundtrack shit is really cool, but if I had it my way, Warren mm-hmm. Ellis would just start working with artists like this full-time. I would love it. I I think there's a good potential of that happening, and if it hasn't already, and yeah, also he uh, he does more stuff like this. I would love him to like work on some real songs with artists like this, and not just interludes. And also for the people who still are Kanye fans in this day and age, uh, this is probably like there's a good chance that Twigs and Kanye probably brush shoulders during the process of making this record, since Mike works so closely with Kanye. So, mm-hmm. you know. Maybe there's maybe she'll end up working with him in the future. That would be such a weird collaboration to me. But uh, well, there is a there is a song. About that. I think it's a Ty Dolla Sign song. There's a song with Twigs and Kanye on it together. Oh, so they've definitely already worked together. Okay, that makes sense. So uh, track fifteen, Darjeeling. Darjeeling. So this is just a really good feel good song to me. About I mm-hmm. think. Moving to a big city and feeling like you found like-minded people. And it reminded me of when I graduated high school. That like year after high school, I went to Chicago all the time. Like probably six or seven times that yeah. year. Yeah, And just like the punk subculture there was so much bigger. And just like finding this other world of common interest. And it just, it, it, it makes you think of whenever in your life you kind of like found who you were. Yeah, um, you were really big into like Chicago punk stuff back in the day, uh, and especially because a lot of bands that we liked sometimes would just not come through Louisville at all. So sometimes you had to drive to Chicago for five hours to go catch them and then drive back. Um, I saw I read about a little bit on this um, that the title Darjeeling refers to a tea that's grown in the former British ruled regions of India which alludes to like rich multicultural diasporas that have emerged in the British capital due to centuries of colonization. So that kind of makes me think of the album a little bit differently on a global level where it's like she's got all these different voices coming together on this mixtape, like from different cultures mm-hmm. that, you know, she may or may not have met from like growing up in Britain. And I think that, yeah. you know, that-, that was interesting for me because we have a similar kind of thing that happens in America Oh, yeah, the cultural melting pot is what they say. Yeah, this album feels a lot like M.I.A. does to me, where, like, you listen to Yeah, 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 yeah. Dude, that's great. You listen to an M.I.A. record, and you feel like you're traveling the world. Like, every song feels like you're in a different country. Mm -hmm. This song isn't quite Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. extreme, but, like, there are so many different, like, cultures and ideas being bombarded at you. I love that. Um, what'd you think of Unknown T's verse on here? Never heard of this dude. I love it. Great verse. Do you find yourself to be favorable to British rappers? Does the accent uh, throw you off at all? I I really like it on features like this, but it's, a lot of times I find if I try to listen to a whole album of a British rapper, yeah. 
I get, I don't know, I just kind of lose focus. Little Sims being uh-huh. an exception. Yeah, yeah, that Little Sims record made a lot of waves last year. I'll have to check it out. This song was kind of, uh, it kind of gave me this revelation where I kind of realized like this, like this was kind of like, to me, if FKA Twigs made an album like the Gorillas would make an album. Yeah, I could totally, yeah, for sure. She would be great on a Gorilla song too. Yeah, I, 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 I lyrically, um, I think this song is fine. Um, and Georgia Smith is someone I've heard about for a while. She's been a staple in R&B, pop, hip-hop music the last like five or ten years. So it was cool seeing her name pop up. I've heard her on like a Drake song in the past and um, some other when I was when I was re- really really into using SoundCloud for a while, uh, she would pop up on my playlist on there. So next we have the Christie interlude. Jake, Crystals. I wrote down two words on uh, my notes for this one: mm-hmm. astrology bullshit. Yeah, I I do think that. My, so it's funny. My mom is really getting into crystals and stuff right now. And she sent us all this astrology stuff this morning. Like she, she sent like what my like number is, my astrological number or something and how it corresponds to my birth month and stuff like that. So it's it? kind of timely. Um, I don't What's fucking know. It's on my, no. I, th- I think my number is 10 or 14 or something like that. I've, I actually, I've got it right here. I can tell you. Um, she said, reading another tarot book and learning about personal years. I calculated each of yours. Jake has 14 personal years. And then for me, that means if you're an air sign, the suit of swords is an important part of your life experiences. You'll be working with the mind and logic and developing courage and mental strength. Air signs represent social and intellectual capabilities. These are people who exist in a mental plane in the air, in other words. So once again, tarot bullshit, as you would say. Uh, I think that this stuff seems kind of important to who FKA Twigs is. Um, And I think that it's also sort of connecting all of the interludes and energy because a lot of stuff about like astrology and crystals and stuff like that is about sexual energy, freeing your mind, Uh, removing darkness and there's a cleansing quality. And I feel like if you're okay with me moving to the next part here, there's a line at the end and this is, and I like how they sort of pitch shift the voice on this interlude because I think everybody, even the people who are into crystals and shit like that, if you believe in it, at least a little bit, you get something out of it. And I think that that's the point of that interlude. And when it says the world is your oyster, and the line about the seed and the way that she kind of plays with that sample and that vocal tracks, like, you know, it, she modulates it and fucks with it. And then it goes into Thank You Song, which I think is an, one of the best closers that has been on a mixtape or album in a long time. I think it's a great way to end the record. And I, I, I found it really impactful. And another one of my favorite songs, probably right after... Um, the uh, fifth track, uh, Oh My Love. So I, I think this song's really great. The thing it has working against it for me is this it's the last song 
and the sentiment is so similar to the last song on the Serpent with Feet record that came out last uh, year. That I, I wanted to die. I'm just being honest. Called Fellowship. Uh, yeah. That the whole song is like I'm thankful for the love I share with my friends. It's just like a thank you song to his friends, which is kind of the same vibe I get from this song. Uh, but this is a really great song. It ties everything together. I mean, that's why this seems more like an album than a mixtape. Everything ties together. All the interludes, all the ideas. This song being like some closure to all the unhappiness that might be on the rest of the record, the frustrations. You know, it's a great ending. Well, I, I, uh, I think that she's gone through some really, really tough personal strife and trauma in the past years. And I think this song was her recognizing that. And then the rest of the record was her leaving it behind. And I think Mm -hmm. that this is her final goodbye to it. Love in motion. My heart's open. Thank you. Thank you. I'm okay. Cause you care. I made it through today. And I think this is a really good song about like feeling suicidal, feeling like you're at the end of your rope. Um, I once had a dream that shadows took over, tears were falling like rain. I must have cried out because you were awake. You're not. You're the only one who really cares what I say. You know, like that's. Those are all sentiments that we feel when we're in our darkest places, where we feel like no one's there for us and we're alone, and you know nothing's gonna pull us out of that shadow. And I just really like that line. It's very simple. There's a lot of really like just kind of simple understated lyrics on here but the song opens with i wanted to die i'm just being honest no longer say it no longer afraid to say it out loud shout out to her for being so simple with these lyrics because when you do that this song could have come off extremely cheesy and ham-fisted and she managed to write this so directly and it not feel that way at all it's a great song yeah it works it works in her favor for sure and it, it can um, be hard to write this directly and it not come off in a you know just a bad way yeah it's very candid and it's very honest and um i thought it was a really great way to end the record i i think this is a super strong release overall there's a couple of parts where it drags for me but um i think it was kind of, it was a lot like that weekend record where i was like Fuck man, like if you had cut a couple of these songs and maybe added a like, honestly, you pr- she probably could have cut two tracks off this record, and I think it would have done a lot better. I think it's just a little bit long, um, but yeah, I I, I love this. Th- I thought it was a great experience. Yeah, even though there's like three songs that I didn't care for, I love the rest of it so much. This is by far my favorite thing from this year we've talked about, and. If this doesn't make the jubies, it means this is a ridiculously good for year for music because I can't imagine finding 10 things I like better than this this year. I love it. By the time this episode is out, I think we'll be into February. Most likely, yeah. But I'm going to go ahead and call it that I think that we're going to be getting some of the best albums of the 2020s this year. And I think we got a really good one. We've gotten a bunch of really good ones that I think were like, to me, indications of like what we're going to get. And you're really stoked for that new Big Thief record. I think we're, I think we're probably due for a Blood Orange record. I think we're probably due for... Kendrick. Um, probably a new Kendrick, Frank Ocean, you know, maybe another year or two before he drops something. Um, 
but yeah, yeah, this this was a cool release and something I was really excited to check out. And shout out Warren Ellis. Shout out Warren Ellis. So cool and so uh, so random. Shout out the album artwork. It's so I don't know. I just love it. I love the album artwork. It. She's just so pretty. There's like a it's not silly, she's get a room you too. But there's like a playfulness to it. It just matches the vibe of the record yeah. so well. It seems like an iconic album cover. All of hers kind of are. Like I see the other two album covers everywhere. People make memes of them and all kinds of stuff. So, Ian, um, any last thoughts or you want me to bring it home? No, I did want to tell you, Jake, that getting so into this record, I went back today and listened to some songs on the other two, and I was able to connect to them more. So I think I'll probably mm-hmm, mm-hmm. hopefully dive into the other two records. And... I think now, because I like this one so much, I'll have sort of like an anchor, you know? You've got that through line yeah, to I got that uh, through you find line. a little bit more. Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, well, everybody, that was Capra Songs, a mixtape by FKA Twigs and Company. Um, I have been Jake Curtis. My co-host has been Ian McCurtis. You can find us at jubilee street pod on instagram we've got a link tree in our bio there with all of our pertinent and important links uh follow rate like subscribe to us on apple podcast we'd love a five-star rating and nothing else um you can also review us and rate us on spotify you can follow us there if that's where you listen to your podcasts um you can Email us at jubileestreetpod at gmail.com. We love hearing from you. Um, We will sometimes read out questions we get on our mailbag. Um, So do feel comfortable asking us questions. We would love to hear from you, engage with you guys. The community is a big part of this, um, and we really love hearing from you. So, uh, yeah, check out all those links. Have a great night. We love you. Check out this FKA Twigs records. We've got a couple other... um, album podcast we've done about the weekend earl sweatshirt um any i think that's that's all we've had for the new year right do we have any other new releases we've done i think it's all we did and uh we just finished up a residency on boatman's call we did four songs over the last four weeks from boatman's call and i think we're going to go ahead and do another month residency um on a romantic Nick Cave album, maybe with Valentine's Day coming up. So stay tuned for that. We love you. Have a good night. Don't grip, gripping on my body. You can hold it. Never stop. I am in my body. Who can draw it? Not enough, just a little more. Yes, you're honest. I'm just a broken rock to the morning. Uh-huh. Peppy got an itch. I could